hosting for your tech life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And good evening. Welcome. Welcome to Your Tech Life. Episode, I'm pretty confident, 216. Not that I'm counting, but I am because I have to count. Every week I need to give the show a file name. And the file name does represent the episode number. So 216 is what we're up to. It's great to have you company. This is a show where each and every week we talk about the latest in technology. We try and help you with technology and generally understand what's going on in the world of technology. If you've got a question about technology in your life, all you've got to do is go to my website, eftm.com.au, eftm.com.au, or you can pick up the phone, 1-800-157-157. And uh, say good day. let me know what's concerning you, <clears throat> what you need help with, and um, we'll have a chat. We've got a few callers tonight. We're going to talk um, about the cloud and, and it's a really useful conversation I hope you'll find um, about how to how to really move forward with things like your contacts and your calendar. So we've got a caller, Ashley, on the line to talk about that. We're going to talk about radio. We're going to talk about phones. Plus, we're going to talk robots. <clears throat> now, robots appear in a lot of movies and TV shows. And there's a uh, movie being released on DVD called Pacific Rim, which I haven't seen. Um, but having looked at the trailers for it, very like just robots everywhere and a big you know world destructing robot or world saving robot in fact and uh, i've tracked down a bloke who makes robots and he's in sydney okay a robot maker so we're going to talk to him about robots today robots tomorrow and robots of our imagination so it's, it's such a fun little topic because when you think about the jetsons you think, where's hey, where's my maid? Where's my robot maid? Um, so all that coming up on your tech life. Get in touch. One eight hundred one five seven one five seven. So all the talk. Re- I mean, it's bit. It's very hard for me to find anything to talk about this week other than the next generation gaming consoles. The Xbox One. And the PlayStation 4. Um, normally, uh, across the week, I do several radio spots across the country, um, four or five on a Tuesday and a similar number on a Wednesday. And frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lazy. Normally on a Tuesday morning, I come up with two or three topics and I talk about the same things uh, across the country on different stations. And this week, really, it's been hard to talk about anything other than Xbox One versus PlayStation 4. Um very impressive uh, consoles. Um, I've had the Xbox One now for for a week or so, and the PlayStation for for a pretty similar length of time. And playing the consoles is, I mean, it's the same. Okay, playing a game very similar. You have to dive deep to really notice the difference. This is more about the long game than today versus yesterday. Okay, this is more about next year versus last year. Um, I don't know how to sum up the overall console war, but let me say this to you. Um, if you're playing Call of Duty Ghosts, I don't think it's upgrading. It's worth upgrading to just for that because it's available on the old consoles. So you can get what you need 
in terms of gaming from the old consoles, the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3. There's no problem with that. But I guess what's what's more at play is the, the games that are built specifically for these new consoles and the games that come in the future. When it comes to gaming, that, that's what matters. So Forza 5, uh, Gran Turismo 6, and there's another one called Drive... Drive Club or something like that coming to the PlayStation early next year, which looks awesome. Um, and these games that are developed specifically for the new platform really take advantage of the graphics, you know, to, to an absolute extreme. They, they are stunning. But even today, I don't think they're as good as they're going to get because what happens is the people that make the games learn, you know, very quickly to, um, to make them even better, to take advantage even more of these new consoles. So I think the next couple of years is exciting. I don't think that the demand for these consoles will slow down. I think the next year or so will be huge, especially as big titles come out year on year. Call of Duty next year will be mountains better on the new consoles than the old, if it's available on both. Outside of gaming, the the PlayStation for the Xbox they allow you to rent movies. There's there's music downloads and streaming on the on the PlayStation. There's all those services. But what I see most is um, the social aspect of these things. The sharing of gaming is going to be huge. But also on the Xbox you've got this TV pass through, so you can watch your television. You still need the remote control for your Foxtel box, or you need a, a digital set top box to come into it. But you can run that through the Xbox so you can be doing TV and internet at the same time, TV and gaming at the same time. It's a real combination um, of, of those things so that the Xbox becomes your main device. That's what they want. But unfortunately in Australia, we're not getting the same quality level of products as America because we just don't have the integration of the entertainment stuff. So that's some way off. Overall though, and it's obviously a very common question, well, which one? Xbox or PlayStation, my answer to that is very, very simple. Holden versus Ford. The Ford Falcon is a great car. The Holden Commodore, a great car. Now, you probably, if you're a car um, aficionado and not a fanboy of either, you'd probably suggest that the Commodore today is better than the Falcon. But I would argue that the Commodore today is next generation, the Falcon is last generation, just in terms of not really ride and handling or look and feel, just the the latest update with the entertainment system, things like that. So there are definitely advantages to the Commodore. And probably, I would say, just ahead is the Xbox. But in the same way that I say the Commodore is slightly ahead of the Falcon, I'm a Holden man. I'm also a dyed-in-the-wool Xbox man. My PlayStation is mainly there because I have a Logitech G27 racing steering wheel and pedals that only works on the PlayStation. So that's the time I use the PlayStation, whereas Xbox is just a little bit more in my life. So it really is a much and muchness. $5.99 for the Xbox with Kinect built in. $5.49 with the PlayStation doesn't come with a PlayStation Move camera. You have to buy that separately. So very, very much on par in terms of price. The demand for them is excessive. You probably won't be able to pick one up very soon. The, 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 the shipments will come over time. But if you want one anytime, you should put your name down now. They are phenomenally great consoles. If you've got the money, go and buy one. You'll love it. If you've pre-ordered one or, or you've got one, 
you will enjoy it and you will love it. And certainly in the next couple of years, this will be the absolute top end of, of gaming graphics. And we will probably, every year for at least the next two or three years, be blown away by the, the scale of progress in terms of graphical uh, abilities, um, artificial intelligence in them in the games, different things like that. It will be phenomenal, and I can't wait to see that stuff. So Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Uh, Xbox One available now, PlayStation 4 available Friday of this week. You're listening to Your Tech Life. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, Tech Life. Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. 1-800-157-157 or you can go to the website eftm.com.au. G'day, Ashley. Hey, you Trevor. Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Mate, um, what I want to do um, is I, I've got an Apple iPhone mm-hmm. and I've also got Windows uh, Windows 8 running the latest uh, Microsoft Office using um, Outlook sure. on it. Um, what do you, hey, what do you think I, of Windows really, 8, mate? Sorry, what was that? What do you think of Windows 8? I, I quite like it. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty groovy. I think the more they... Uh, invest more and more into it. I think it's going to get better and better. I actually, I don't mind it. It took a little while to get used to yes, exactly. trying to find how to navigate around, but I actually quite like it. I good think it's stuff. pretty good. All right, so um, you've got you've got Outlook running. What do you what do you want to do? Yeah, well, what I want to do, I want my calendar from Outlook and the contacts section from Outlook mm. to talk to my iPhone. I'd prefer to do it wirelessly. Yep. <laughs> like, so if I put a if I put a, a new phone number or a new um, calendar date or an appointment into my phone, mm. I want it to go in, onto my calendar and contacts on my computer. Yep, if that's possible. Now, where um, here's how it works. Uh, so, calendar and contacts are your most important things. What you need is the cloud. So what yep. you really want, at the moment, when you're adding a calendar appointment or a new contact to your computer, you are literally yep. adding it to the computer. And and you're telling the computer this person's name and phone number, and the computer's great at remembering it. But what it's not good at yep. doing is sharing it. And like you, yeah, say, that's right. like you say, when you plug your phone in, you can set it up so it synchronizes, but you don't want to do that every five minutes, let alone every week. No. So what you need is the cloud. And what the cloud does is, is it's a place a central and what I would call a single source of truth. So you, yep. you have stuff stored in the cloud. And when I say the cloud, I'll explain that in a minute. That's where your best contacts are. That's where your calendar is. And what happens is Outlook reads your calendar and contacts from the cloud, and so does right. your phone. So right. when you add something to Outlook, it's actually adding it to Outlook is just the front end. The cloud is actually where the appointment lives. And then when you right. when you turn on your phone, every now and then, every five minutes or ten minutes, it checks for new stuff and it puts the contacts into the phone as well. But if you lose your phone, your contacts yep. are just in the cloud, so you just get a new phone. If your computer yep. dies, yep. you just get a new computer and all your contacts are there. Now, here's how I do it. I use Google. So yes. Google Gmail, um, yes, mm-hmm. it's an email service, and it, what you can do is sign up and ignore the email, all right? And just okay, yeah. just use it for your contacts and your calendar. Now, okay. certainly with contacts, you can export all of your current contacts from Outlook um, using the the export function in the file and options, and it yep. creates a single file that you can then upload to Google, and it's got all of your contacts. And oh, okay. and then what you do is you you go into in your on your computer, you do exactly what you do on your phone. You add an account. So in Outlook, yep. you add a Gmail account to Outlook. Uh, yep. And you either have, if there's an option, just don't tick email. 
just tick calendar yep. and contacts. But if, if, it, if you have to do email, it doesn't matter. You just don't use it. Yeah, that's right. You just don't use it. Yeah, and then when you add it, a con- contact, you add a calendar, it adds it to, the, to Gmail. And the best part about that, mate, is forget your phone. Yep. Forget your computer. It doesn't matter where yep. you are, what computer you're that's on. Here, you can just jump online. You just log on and there it is. Now, he's, you know, and I, I know this works because fortunately for me, I get to play with a lot of phones and a lot of computers. Yeah, that's right. And I have 7,000 contacts in my Gmail. And I have a lot of appointments. And I turn a phone on, I put in my Gmail details, and within an hour, it's downloaded all of my contacts, all my calendars there, and I can change phones every week. And I feel like it's my normal phone because everything's there. I'm not missing anything. Yeah, and and so you can just, like on the Apple iPhone, you can enter it into their normal... Calendar? Yeah, so what you do, yes, exactly. What you do in in the iPhone is you add the Gmail as an account. So just like where it says mail, calendar, contacts, you add add Gmail. And then what you do in the calendar settings, so in in settings, you choose the default calendar to be your Gmail. And then when you add, and the same with contacts, choose your default contacts to be Gmail. So when you add a contact, it goes to your Gmail. I, I didn't have that ticked for some time, and so when I was adding all these contacts to my iPhone, they were just it being added to the phone. Yep. So okay. as long as that's ticked, mate, that's where your contacts yep. live, that's where your so, calendar yeah. live, I and you are winning. I think that's where I've gone wrong. Well, you haven't I've gone wrong, mate. And it's been driving me mad. <laughs> live in the cloud. And, and again, okay, so let's be clear. You don't need Gmail. It can be Yahoo. It can be um, probably yeah. even a Microsoft Outlook.com account. I, all I'm yeah. saying to you is my I have experience using yeah, Gmail so, and yeah. I've had good experience with it. So and you know it works, recommend. that's right. Well, and that's why I, I wanted to talk to you. Obviously, because you do what you do with mm. the amount of changes you would make, there's no way you could live. No, it'd drive me to, insane. Yeah, there's I, no way you could do it to the point where I think Microsoft Outlook is great, but I haven't used it. I use it at work because I have to, but I haven't used it for yeah. my own mail for probably six years. Because yep. in the end, I, what, what I was doing was, you know, Outlook has a file. It's called a PST file where all the mail actually lives. Yep. And every yep. time I got a new computer, I'd have to move all those PST files over to the new computer so I had all my mail. Because I've got every email sent and received yep. since 1995. Yep. And, and I love that. I know it's stupidly anal, but I love it. And so what I yep. did, I uploaded all that mail into Google. And so I yep. pay I pay 100 bucks a year for my Google account. But yeah, it means that I've got storage. heaps of space. It means everything I need is there, and I yep. feel completely confident that um, that if if I, ha- I lose a f- if I lost everything tragically in in a, some sort of disaster, um, mm-hmm. as long as I had my 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 own health and my family's health, I, I mean, I yep. wouldn't be the end of the world because my contacts, my mail, everything, it still lives in the you cloud. Can still get up and go. Yeah, Correct. that's right. You can still. Yeah. So a great Thanks, way mate. to go, mate. I want you to try it yep. out, and, I will. Um, and let me know how it goes. I will, for sure. Thanks, Trevor. Good on you, Ashley. Thanks for getting in touch. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. See you, mate. Bye. And uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Hey, where's the drum? You know, if you're anything like me and you don't listen to a lot of music, sometimes you come across songs that are just awesome. There's something about this song. It's called Classic um, by MKTO. I don't know who that is. And it's just funny. It's just a really fun beat. And I thought I'd play it. I don't know. I should play music on the show every now and then. Anyway, it's called Classic. 
and it's from a little group called MKTO. I know nothing about them other than that, uh, and that's a that's a fun little song. So a discovery mechanism for you. It's about technology because you can buy the song online, and I'm streaming it right now from Deezer. <clears throat> Excuse me, Deezer.com. And yes, I've got a bit of a frog in my throat tonight. Um, and uh, Deezer is is like Spotify and RDO. It's a streaming music service. Uh, and if you'd like more information about streaming music and all those things, hey, drop us a line and we can talk about it. Just send me an email. Go to the website, yourtechlife.com or eftm.com.au. And it's all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Systems. And uh, when you have a look on their website and just check out the automotive products, these are the you know the standard things you think of when you think GPS. You think about the little thing that sits on your dash and uh, tells you how to get from A to B. And um, i got to tell you, the products they've got are unbelievable. The Nuvi 3597, which is uh, pretty much top of the line. And here's the, here's the amazing thing to me. Almost top of the line is $350, recommended retail. That's, that's what you used to pay for the base model. <laughs> so it's phenomenal the value you get now. The, the 3597 is the, from the Prestige series. It's, their, it's Garmin's best navigation it's a five inch high resolution dual orientation display with pinch and zoom so you can zoom in on the maps and pinch out and all those kind of things detailed maps with free lifetime updates right there in the box and you just plug it in and whenever there's a map available it's there for you uh, garmin real directions i'll tell you about those in a minute and free lifetime traffic alerts plus voice activated navigation bluetooth and smart link compa- smartphone link compatible it's a very cool stuff. And Garmin Real Directions in the Nuvi 3597 redefines spoken turn-by-turn directions. With Garmin Real Directions, easy-to-understand driving directions that guide you like a friend, using recognizable landmarks, buildings, and traffic lights. So no more stress from trying to read the street names on the, on the road while you're driving around. Look for the service station, look for the church, and it'll tell you to turn at those landmarks. Very, very cool. Available in a range of the, uh, a whole host of the Garmin range. Uh, check it out. It's called Garmin Real Directions. And you can check out those features and a whole lot more at garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading wherever you are right across Australia. You can get in touch. Just call 1-800-157-157 or go to the website eftm.com.au. Now, I don't know if you know, uh, have whether you saw in cinemas, the movie Pacific Rim. Uh, but the movie, uh, it's a Warner's movie. It's out on DVD and Blu-ray now. Yeah, you know, 40 bucks on uh, DVD, $45 on Blu-ray. And this is not... I, when I first saw the title Pacific Rim, I assumed, I don't know, some something about the Pacific War um, or something about earthquakes. But in fact... It's much different, and it's uh, you know beasts taking over the world, and and uh, the human population builds these huge robot monsters to fight them, and uh, it's quite an interesting topic because it got got us talking about robotics and robots, and whether we actually have robots in our lives. And you know, I think about the Jetsons. We watched the Jetsons as kids. Robots, they were there. They were helping. Why don't we have robots helping around the house? So to talk about robotics, robots, and uh, whether they really do exist yet in our lives, Dave Everett from the Sydney Robot Workshop is on the line. G'day, Dave. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Man, I'm well. Robots. How do you get into robots as a as a profession, mate? 
Well, um, it's sort of been a lifelong interest of mine. I started uh, building robots when I was seven, and I guess I've never stopped. How does a seven-year-old build robots? Are we talking Lego Technics or, or just the next level up from that? No, bits of cardboard and electric light bulbs and motors that I could find around the house right. or steel. <clears throat> so talk about, talk, I mean, when I think robots, as I said, I think, you know, um, is it uh, the, the maid in the Jetsons? I think, uh, you know, of kind of movie and TV show robots. What does robots mean to you? Well, robots to me definitely are the sort of home robot that you imagine that can handle the general tasks around the place. Mm. The sort of robots that we're all dreaming of but haven't got yet, unfortunately. Well, I mean, so is there, are there things that we have that we're not really addressing as robots? I mean, I think um, LG and Samsung have um, what they call robot vacuum cleaners, um, which are small little things which roll around the floor, and they, but they're really just vacuums that are automated that just bump into things and, and can sense whether they're about to bump into things, aren't they? They're not truly robotic. Well, I, I think I would class those as robots. They okay. definitely do have intelligence mm -hmm. and they make decisions about the job they've done and, uh, and they can usually do some limited mapping so that they can work out where they've been so they don't cross over the same areas all the time. So I think in that sense, they're definitely robots, certainly mm -hmm. more than, say, a washing machine, which uh, is an object that people say, well, isn't it an automated device that helps you around the house? Well, it is, but... Um, it doesn't pick up the washing for you, nor does it put it out. So right. I think that's a, a limitation there. And so the more it can, shall we say, think for itself, the, for, the more it can make decisions and the more it can uh, take tasks away, the more robotic it is. And I think the washing machine example is perfect because you do need to tell a washing machine that you're there, that there's washing in there. You often need to tell it how much washing's in there and what kind of load to take. And from there, it is an automated cycle. Whereas, as you say, the robot vacuums, um, they know how to get back to base. They know they can, in fact, some of them can empty back at base. Some of them, um, as you say, can map their area. Some of them simply navigate around the objects because they can see them and therefore make decisions about going around them. Is that what makes it over the edge in terms of robotics? Yeah, definitely from my point of view. Um, there's also robot uh, lawnmowers that do yep. a pretty good job. Uh, they've been around for a long time now. And we are starting to see some sort of generalised robots. Uh, Japan, uh, there was a company there released a robot called Wakabanu, and that was a general purpose robot for the home. It was meant to help the elderly and, uh, and do various tasks around the house. Um, it didn't fare very well, but it was at the cusp of what's going on. So obviously over the years, we will start to get more sophisticated robots, I think. And is it just, you say it didn't fare well, is it because the expectation is so high? I mean, we expect it to be human-like, and if it's not perfect, we, we discard it as, as a concept? Or uh, are our expectations too high, basically? You're absolutely right. That's exactly where the problem is. Um, Film and TV have made us imagine that robots can do anything, and, and maybe one day they will, but yeah. that day has not come yet. So we really are at the simplest level. In fact, I think many of the problems that exist today are the same problems that existed 30, 40 years ago. Mm. They still haven't been solved. We've made them look more interesting and more animated and maybe even more human, but we haven't made them more useful yet. I guess it's... Um similar your what you see in robotics um is similar to what i see in technology and you would see the same things but the analogy is that i, I i'm lucky i get to see the latest technology often before it's released to the public i get to play with it i get to use it and often people because of their budget life, uh, budget cycles or you know their mobile phone replacement cycle don't get to see and, and hold these things i mean i do a i do a training course at telstra stores 
where I, I introduce seniors to the iPad, and, and often I am showing them a touch screen for the very first time. And is it that, yeah. that we, we get exposed to things and lose track of the fact that there is really cool things already out there? Yeah, I think you're, you're probably onto something there. Um, we just take it for granted, mm. I guess. Yeah. And there's so many new products coming out, new technologies in that vein, that, uh, yeah, it just becomes quite normal. I mean, I'm, I'm often fascinated to watch very young kids play with this sort of technology because that's just normal to them. The sort of mm. stuff we're amazed by is just normal. So in know? that same sense, when when I come to the, the Sydney Robot Workshop, for example, and look at what you do, mm. are people blown away by what you're doing and you're just sending the game, oh, this is, I did this five years ago or I, I made, you know what I mean? Is it, is it, is it, does that happen to you a lot? People are amazed by something yeah. that you've, you've, it's not even a concern of yours anymore. You're working on the next big thing? That's exactly right. It just amazes me how excited people can become mm. by this sort of stuff. I mean, I have to think back that I was pretty excited too when I first did it. Mm. So I have to realise that for people first seeing it, they're going to be really excited about it. It's often the joy of it, isn't it? Uh, I mean, that iPad mm. example I gave, I actually told the people at Apple who briefed me on the most recent iPad, I said, have you actually sat recently with people who have never seen an iPad and reminded yourself of the wonder that it is. And I guess that's the cool thing that you get is you get people who see the work that you've done in the past and are still amazed by it and you can rekindle or, or remind yourself of that uh, that joy, can't you? That, that's the benefit of it. Yeah, it's it's right. Because once you're behind the curtain sort of working on that stuff, mm. you once you're on the inside, some of that mystery and excitement starts to disappear. So it's good to to see that again when you meet people who haven't been involved in it. So I've got myself a robot vacuum, I've got a robot lawnmower. What is next, Dave? I mean, in, in real terms, not, not future crazy okay. thinking. What, what is next? What do you yep. think in the next five years is going to be that, uh, that everyday robotics that might not be everyone, but certainly will start to enter homes? Yeah. I think uh, in the next five years, might be a little longer than five years, but I mm. think you would find a robot which can water indoor plants and perhaps put out a fire if it hears the smoke detector going um, and perform some sort of limited sorting of groceries, uh, certainly the rearranging of things or finding things on the floor. There's a robot uh, which has just been released recently, which is still a research unit called uh, UBR1, and it's, uh, it's $35,000, which sounds like a lot of money. Hmm. But in terms of technology, uh, but it, its achievement has an arm with lots of degrees of freedom. It can mm. move in many different ways and, and work out how to pick up items itself uh, and very good vision and, uh, and also, also very mobile. So I think a robot like that or something that's developed along those lines will probably be available within five years and it might be less than perhaps less than $15,000, I think, for the first people who take them up. You know, and while that might sound like a lot of money, back in the 80s, there was a rush of people who wanted to buy a robot which was $60,000 and could do less. There is demand for it. Mm. You know, it's interesting. You, you mentioned the, the watering of, of a pot plant, and I think, I don't know if you've seen or heard about the product that was released recently called the Parrot Flower Power, but it is simply a monitor for your pot plant. You put mm -hmm. you put this thing in the pot plant, and via Bluetooth uh, low energy, it transmits to your phone when you're near it what it needs. So it should get yeah. fertilizer. And then if I join the logical link that that technology has been done so that the plant part is done, it, it can communicate mm -hmm. to something. All you need yeah. to do as the robot guy is make a robot that walks around and, and, and listens to the plants and mm -hmm. then fulfills that request. That's really all the robotic 
concept is, isn't it? It's it's information yeah, it joined with commands. Yeah. Oh. I think uh, the, the real key is making sure you water the plant and not some electrical cable. It's <laughs> a pretty important thing, part. Yeah, you know. Hey, um, Pacific Rim, uh, it's a pretty mind-blowing concept. Mm. I mean, that you've got here yeah, huge robot. It looked like the kind of transformer kind of, you know, huge beast. But these yeah. things are controlled by human beings. There's two human beings in them that are, that are mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of doing the actions, and then they've got some sort of, you know, neurological link between the humans mm-hmm. that, that drives the beast. I mean, is that far-fetched robotics? I mean, obviously it is somewhat far-fetched, but is that the kind of thing that's being worked on? There is a lot of work being done in that area. Uh, specifically, uh, DARPA funds a lot of research for assistive technologies, which are for soldiers who've been injured uh, in warfare, okay. so that they can walk again or use their hands or do some sort of operations that they can't do now. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of work being done in that. In fact, uh, just uh, only last week there was an announcement of a new type of electrode, which is less invasive, which is being developed in Melbourne under DARPA research mm. to provide, uh, they're calling it the bionic spine, let's call it that, which will relay signals from the brain back to the legs, so bypassing the spine entirely, mm. so that people might be able to learn how to walk again. Amazing. Amazing stuff. I guess medical research is one area that, that can benefit from this stuff. Uh, you think, you yeah. know, the $64 million man or whatever it was called, those, that, is, that is it. You know, the, 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 the concept of robotics can, can bring so much to so many things. What, um, what are you tinkering on right now at the, the robot workshop? Um, well, there's lots of robots being built, mostly uh, movie robots, but uh, we also have a, a bit of a hardcore of people building what are called autonomous robots, which are robots which would be more general purpose and operate under their own sensors and can perform a task by themselves. Mm. Uh, I've got a project going with the University of Alabama for a recycling robot, uh, which uh, can find empty drink cans, determine that they are empty, take them to the recycling centre uh, as part of a NASA grant. Um, so there's lots of interesting things being done down there. Wow. And, and so is the Sydney Robot Workshop somewhere people can visit or how does it work? Yes, it is. Uh, we're open for people can come, use our workshop. We have a small uh, monthly fee so that you use the workshop. Um, we, people can just come down and we give them advice if they need it. So we're always happy to talk about robots. If I bring my seven-year-old, will he be? can he, can he see some cool stuff? Yes, he can. We've got Daleks there. And there's a couple of robots from Star Wars. There's a K9 from Doctor Who. There's all kinds of things. Great stuff. All right. Well, good on you, mate. Sounds fantastic. I love thinking about the future and then reminding ourselves now and then that we've actually got it pretty good and there's some cool stuff around. Dave Everett from the Sydney Robot Workshop. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Trevor. And if you want to see some crazy robots in action, check out Pacific Rim out now on DVD and Blu-ray. And you're listening to Your Tech Life, yourtechlife.com, or you can call 1-800-157-157. Let's go back to the phones. G'day, Max. Yeah, g'day, Trevor. I'm having trouble with the Samsung phone. And you heard me on the radio talking about a yeah. similar issue with people on the weekend on TUE. What's, yeah, what's on the, the problem with your Samsung phone? Um, after we're, do, we're doing a call, uh, the when you go to hang up the mm. phone, mm. We put the, you, know, you put the phone down in front of you, and the screen is completely black. Right, uh, and you can't hang up the phone. You've got to hope that the other person hangs up. And like when I'm talking to my wife, all she can hear at the other end is me going on about it and saying, "Stupid phone won't hang up." <laughs> um, you know, yep, it's gone yep. black. And um, and does so, it happen to your wife as well? She got the same phone. Same same phone. We bought them at the same time. Uh, they're, they're due for renewal in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
contract from Vodafone, we bought them from Vodafone Direct. Mm. And have you had any um, luck with with support on this issue? Um, well, we 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 went to to the uh, shop today and spoke to the guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and because he tried it, just like getting your car repaired, you know, he tried it. And Worked because, fine. It worked fine. So whether <laughs> did there's he, a bit did you of see it? in the shop Did you see it work know. fine? Did you actually see him do it and work fine? Yes, did yes. You he did it in front of us, and then I took the phone back, and I rang my wife on the phone in the shop and tried the thing again. And as soon as I put it down from my ear, the screen came back on. But when we do it somewhere else, at home or any other place, mm. it uh, it stays black for a long time. Now- and I'll tell you. I'll tell you what happens. So the idea yeah. is that uh, every phone, every all of these smartphones have a sensor in them that detects light, and what it mm. does is when it gets close to your head, it turns the screen off so that you don't actually accidentally with your face touch the hang up button or dial other numbers, right? Because mm. yep. it's a touch screen. If you touch it against your face, you'll you know you'll dial people or hang up. So the screen goes off when it comes close to your ear, and that's a good thing. And when you take it away from your ear, it should come back on. Now, the only reason, Max, that that should stop working is light. So in the Vodafone store, I guarantee you, they had beautifully beautiful lights beaming down and it was very, very well lit. And that's why it worked for both you and the, and the shopkeeper. I'm wondering if the light at your home isn't as bright. I mean, it sounds ridiculous that it would matter, but I wonder if that matters. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could be the reason, I guess. And and I wonder if there's a setting. And do you know what version of the um of the Samsung Galaxy it is? Um, it's coming up in in February. It's probably the Galaxy S two. S two, I think. Yeah. Great phone. Great phone. I, I love it. I've still got one. Um, um, I'm wondering if there's a setting to uh, to change the uh, the sensitivity of the light sensor. I'm not sure, Max. If I'm honest, and I wonder whether. You know what I think I'll do? I think we'll get Samsung to, to have a listen to this conversation and uh, and maybe we'll get someone from Samsung customer support to contact you and uh, okay. and, s- and see whether there's a setting that you can adjust. Yeah. Because this is not something that happens now and then. This happens all the time to yeah, your home. You're all, all, like, like, like all the time, but it's particularly bad if, you, if you're taking your messages and, and you want to delete or do something with the message mm. and, and you can hear the woman in the background saying, Yes, you press whatever number to to delete. You can't press it because the screen is completely black. Right. Yeah. No. And you can't see anything. Yeah. You're right. You need to press those buttons to turn to delete the messages. Well, look, I, as I said, I think I hope that you understand now why it goes black. That's about the only yeah. thing I can offer you. But I can certainly um, get in touch with Samsung on your behalf and, and and get them to get in touch with you and talk about how the problem might be resolved and whether there right. there is an issue. So if you um, stay there, I'll get all your details. And I will yep. have someone from Samsung Customer Service here in Australia get in touch with you and, and talk you through whether or not there's something they can do for you. All right? Okay. Good on you, Thank Max. You. Stay there, Thank and um, thanks very much for getting in touch. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. And you can give me a call, one eight hundred one five seven one five seven. Listening to your tech life, you can go to the website as well, eftm.com.au. Let's go back to the phones. G'day, Sophia. Hello, uh, Trevor. How are you? I'm excellent. How can I help you? 
I've got troubles with my radio. Oh. I've never heard it. I've never ever heard of that problem before, and nobody else has ever heard it before. But I lost my AM uh, um, transmission. So, so you've got a radio? What bedside radio sitting there? Bedside, yeah, it's a clock radio. And and you normally listen to? I'm guessing to you, we. All the time. Good I've work. got three radios, three different rooms, mm-hmm. three different powerpoints, and they've all got the same uh, disturbance. Wow, can't, hang on. Can't get any station at all on AM. I, I was forced to go to FM, but I don't know that I like FM that much. Wow, so it's every single radio, not just one? Not just one. The three of them have gone. Well, um, and did it all happen on the same day? I, was, I always listen to two you when I go to bed. Mm-hmm. and I, I listen Are you to enjoying Clive? Pardon? Are you enjoying Clive at night? Yes, I do. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I love his dry humour. Yes, very dry. Um, well, he's... He's a cynic, isn't he? He is, he is. I love it. <laughs> but, uh, no, I love him. But anyway, I was, uh, it was a Sunday night and, uh, no, Saturday night. No, mm-hmm. Saturday night when they have the, uh, you know, the, the music from mm-hmm. the 60s, the 70s and 80s. Pete Graham, my yes. era. And um, I fell asleep. And in the morning I turned over and pressed on to listen to the news. Nothing. It was just, you know, distortion, like buzz. That is amazing. So now... Put, what oh, happened then? I tried all the stations. I, I had no transmission from AM. FM, okay. Perfect. AM, nothing. Now, it's affecting every radio, so that's it's a good thing because it means we can rule out the physical radio. Um, it's a bad thing because it means it's not as easy as just replacing that radio. Um, did anything happen in the house? Like, have you, did you no, add anything new? No, I was asleep. There was no, no, I, was, I went to sleep and there was nothing on uh, during the night. Mm-hmm. The only thing was the fridges are on. And um, that's about it. Did you notice any? Have you noticed anything in? So now I'm thinking it's environmental, something in the area. Whereabouts do you live? Maroubra. Anything happening in the area? Like, do you see any work trucks out at night or anything? Or no. those if days happened, around? If it ha- sorry, Trevor. If it mm. happened the night before, we had those terrible, terrible mm. storms. Mm. The wind. I thought the, the building was going to go to, to Kingsford. Yeah. It was. It was rattling so badly. Mm. I'm on the top floor, so I've got perfect reception. I've got you know I can see all the way to the North Shore from up here. And no, nothing at all. I've never, ever heard of losing the AM transmission. No, well, look, I've heard of, of really bad problems getting AM, um, and it's normally electrical interference, um, and it's normally, you know, move the radio slightly and it'll work. So this three no. radio thing is just staggering to me. Yeah. And and it really seems to me that something has occurred um, in the area that has literally just interrupted your signal. Now, do you know the neighbours well? Is anyone else suffering from the no, problem? No, no. I, I, well, I didn't ask all of them. I asked the people just below me, mm-hmm. and they put their radio on and said, no, it's, no, it's perfect. I wonder... And I've got a little tiny uh, um, uh, radio, a little pocket radio, mm-hmm. and I went outside in the, in the, in the courtyard, on my terrace, rather, mm-hmm. and the, the reception's okay. I come back inside distortion providing I, I angle it in the right way it's okay but inside the battery powered radio distorts as well distorts as well unless oh, of course i put it in a special place and what i found i put it under my pillow but you can hardly hear it under it's only a tiny radio yeah, yeah, yeah. but i don't know nobody says but in, to me i've in, never heard of that no well honestly so neither neither have i um the, the little pocket radio before you before this problem it, it was better inside obviously it worked better i've in, never used a little pocket uh, radio i bought it for my partner mm. who was in hospital and he used to use it so he wouldn't disturb anybody but yeah, i've never right, used it okay. it was the first time that i used it because it's almost off you know what is going on 
I... In, fact, in fact, I rang up to you on the morning, on mm. Sunday morning, and I said, is something wrong with your station? They said, no, why? And I said, you, I, I can't hear your transmission at all. And I said, where do you live? And I told them the river. They said, I oh, will pass it over to the technical people. And then later on, when I tried the other station, no. Nothing. Well, I can't help you straight away here, but what I want to do is I want to take pass your details on to Alastair, who is the chief engineer at 2UE, um, and get his advice because it seems unbelievably illogical to me. I mean, it just it be it defies belief re- realistically. Well, what I did, what I did, I can tell you what what I have done. Experimenting, I turned off uh, at the main all the power points, mm. and then turned them back on again. Mm. And it was the same problem. I turned off my, I've got a, a, a what do you call it, a, um, a, a fish pond and a fish tank, mm-hmm. and I turned them off, thinking yep. that might have been disturbing it. Nothing. Wow. Well, the good news is you can get um, to you and other AM stations on digital radio now. So the worst case scenario is we need you need to get a new radio, which is digital, which is fantastic, because it's even better quality than you were getting before. Well, um, I was going to buy that, but Trevor, you reckon that the AM will work on the digital. Well, no, see, what it is, um, you've got AM and FM. Digital yeah. digital is just another one. So it's AM, FM, and digital. There's three different types of radio. Right. But on digital radio, all of the AM stations are simulcast or retransmitted. Okay? So are right. the FM ones. So on digital radio, you get a combination of all of the AM station, all of the FM stations, and a bunch of new stations which aren't normally on AM or FM. So it's a perfect solution because the quality is even better, and theoretically it won't suffer from that reception problem, assuming you can de- get digital radio in your area, and I think you can, yeah, given yeah. you're up I've high and you're in Maroubra. I've got a digital television, mm, oh, very different, I'm, getting, very I'm, different. Getting, I'm getting the signal. The, the digital radio is very different to digital television. It's a different uh-huh. transmitter and everything, but look... Uh, uh, I would recommend that if if you've got a couple of dollars, you you go and get a new digital radio just to see. And when you buy it, make sure that they they will refund it if there is a problem. So when you take it home, you plug it in. If it doesn't work, you want to take it back, obviously. So Mm. just have that conversation. You don't need to tell them about your AM problems. You just need to say to them, if I'm in a bad area and cannot receive digital radio where, where I live, can I bring it back? They need to say yes, and if they do, take Take it home and, and give it a try. I'm confident you'll be able to hear 2UE crystal clear and you'll, you'll in fact be very happy once you hear the way it sounds on digital radio. I'm only interested in 2UE. I'm not interested in the other stations. Well, there you go. You'll, you'll hear 2UE crystal I've been, clear. I've been following 2UE. I've been following actually John Laws from whatever station he went to whatever station he went. And when he went to 2UE, of course, I gravitated to 2UE and I haven't moved. I know he's gone to it 2SM, mm-hmm. but I've stayed with 2UE. I'm happy Good with 2UE. All right, well, I've got your details. I'm going to pass them on to the engineers at 2UE in the meantime because I'm curious to know what it could be. Um, And I'm also keen for you to give the digital radio a try and let me know how that goes, okay? Because I I don't know who to call. Well, exactly. You know, it's, electricians, it's not... they're, they're only, they only know how to put light gloves and fix yeah, that, that's a, what a PowerPoint problem. Oh, that's what I'll ask. I'll find out from the engineers at 2UE who you should call to help fix your problem. In the meantime, I think if you buy a digital radio, you'll be a very happy lady. Okay. Good on you. Thanks a million. No and problem I'm at all. I'm looking forward to the solution of this <sighs> amazing problem that nobody's heard of before. Sorry to hear about it, and let's hope we can get you some resolution. Thanks, Trevor. Good on you, Sophia. Thanks Bye. for getting in touch. And uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. 
Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is the first episode recorded in the new Your Tech Life studio. It's not finished yet, so a little bit, a few little bugs to iron out and, um, you know, acoustics to, to confirm. But I, I don't know. I think it sounds okay. What do you think? Tell me what you think. I need to know. I mean, I've spent a bit of time doing this. <laughs> um, and when it's, when it's finished and it's polished, I'll, um, I'll take some photos and show you around. Um, it's, it's a really fun project. Um, uh, buying a home is, is stressful. Um, but when you're, um, when you're at a point where you can actually spend a bit of time and obviously money, um, building a little place in the home for yourself. And in this case, my little man cave, uh, studio is, is a really exciting project. And, um, the rest of the home, uh, some of the things we've done, not a, a ridiculous expense to, at just general, you know, fix and renovate to turn this into a potentially what you might recognize as a smart home. Very cool, and a, and a series of uh, stories coming up on that at eftm.com.au over the month ahead. Um, love to hear your feedback always. Um, it's great to hear from you people uh, listening and downloading. You're going to the trouble of doing it, so just take that extra step and, and just say day on Twitter, at Trevor Long, uh, or on the email, just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Um, anytime you want to uh, get in touch, I'm here for you. You can uh, contact me on the radio on TUE. Every Tuesday at 12.30ish and every Saturday at 4 o'clock. I'll be off for the next couple of weeks on the Saturday because I've got a wedding to attend and then uh, kids to look after while my wife attends a wedding. So it's an action-packed couple of weeks. But um, I'm always around on the the interwebs. So check me out on Twitter and say good day. Your Tech Life. My name's Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Talk to you next week. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Your Tech tech life. Life with Trevor Long.